0: Hey there, friends and fellow warriors. Welcome to another episode of Warriors in Hope with Valerie Silvera. And today, my message is such a good one because it's about you, women, warrior women, who are the heart of the family. Hey, listen, if you're a guy listening to this, you can stick with me because. Even though this message is mainly for and about women, I think it could provide some really great perspective for you, and even some insight that would be applicable and valuable to men as well. Before I get started, though, I want to remind you about our Warriors and Hope event. We are calling it the Freedom Experience, and it is in Phoenix this October 6th and 7th, and it is going to be worth whatever it takes for you to move some things off your schedule and make some sacrifices and just grab a friend, grab a family member, grab a whole group of people and come and meet me in person in Phoenix because we're going to have a ton of fun, but you're going to leave, I hope, a different person in certain ways. And certainly this message here is kind of part of of our whole mission To help women disrupt their trauma and use it for good. Replace it with courage and hope. And yes, we are collecting a million women through warriorsandhope.com. You can go and be counted and get some great resources and learn how to live with more courage. So yes, this is for a million women and their families. So it's really for anyone who wants to support and be a part of our mission of hope There's so much darkness in this world that we've got to stand up and be a collective light. You know, there's somebody out there in the darkness that needs you to lead them out. But it's real hard to lead people out when we're not shining our light. So on to my message here, the heart of the family. I feel like moms, for the most part, there are always exceptions, are typically the heartbeat of the family. And there are some amazing dads out there that are the sole heart of families, for sure. But it seems like a lot of families, it's the moms, it's the women who are the heartbeat. And so it's so important that we keep that heartbeat alive, right? We all know what happens when our heart stops. It's called game over, right? My great aunt used to say, Everybody dies of heart problems, right? Because when your heart stops, you have a problem. So, in all seriousness, though, the heartbeat of the family, if you look at that analogy, we can't afford for that heartbeat to die, to become diseased, to become weak. And that's what happens in so many families when the women, the moms, whoever is at the center of the family. Starts to kind of self destruct or lose their confidence or hope or purpose or value because people are watching us, people are needing us, people are looking to us to lead the way. And I know for me, in my own family, my little core family, which was me, and my husband Rich, and my daughter Jamie and Sean. Everybody had a role. Everybody was equally important, but it was definitely my role to sort of keep that glue together, that, that heart together, that, that hope, shining that light and, and being that, that role model and that leader. And when Jamie entered her addiction and, you know, just everything, all hell broke loose when she was 15, really. I mean, I talk about all hell breaking loose when she was shot the first time. I know, weird to say. When she was 18. And that's when it, it, it really fell apart because I realized how serious the situation was. Like, I didn't already know for the past three years because we'd already been going through stuff. But this elevated it to a whole new level of, of fear and chaos. And, and um, so... But, but really, when all hell started breaking loose, when Jamie was 15 and she just went off the rails, at first, I was, you know, valiant with my super mom cape. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to save everything and make her and remind her and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I just seemed to lose a grip, lose control, lose any amount of influence even I had over Jamie. And then, of course, it culminates to that point in her being shot. I mean, it was near fatal. It was terrible. It was, I mean, she was lucky to be alive. The surgeons literally said it missed her iliac vein by an immeasurable distance. And had it even nicked that vein, we wouldn't have been able to get to surgery quick enough. She would have bled out. So, I mean, it was very, very, very serious. So that's why, you know, I say, wow, that's when all hell broke loose. But here I am going through this whole situation and... And I, I can't fix it. And I know that so many of you can relate to this because we are fixers, right? Uh, those of us that are the heart and soul of the family, especially us women, we are wired to nurture and fix and protect and, and, you know, all of this. And we can't do it sometimes. Certain situations occur with our kids or someone else in the family and we lose a grip. And because we don't have that ability to, to make the changes we so desire, it breaks our hearts, first of all. Mine was shattered into a million pieces. As my daughter ended up addicted to opiates and eventually to heroin, it broke my heart into a million pieces. But guess what? I did learn that you can put those pieces back together. But my point is still though that while this is happening, and I'm falling apart, the whole family now is a lot more vulnerable, right where I mean the glue the 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 core that center that heartbeat was losing it. My light was was being snuffed out. I allowed that beast to have me down on the mat and i and i I fought, but I wasn't fighting my battle, my internal battle hard enough. And so as I'm, I'm trying to, you know, smile on the outside and pretend it's all okay, I'm dying on the inside. And, you know, even if people don't really know, somehow they know. Depending on how intuitive somebody is, even if they aren't intuitive, they, people feel things. So definitely my family was being impacted by where I was. You know, and it reminds me of this proverb that says she is clothed in strength and dignity and laughs without fear of the future. I love that for so many reasons. But today I thought, you know, I'm going to kind of dissect it a little bit. What are we talking about here? So strength, one definition is the emotional or mental qualities necessary in dealing with difficult or distressing situations. Right? Strength. Dealing with distressing and difficult situation. I know you're dealing with a difficult situation or have dealt with it. And now you're just living the fallout from it. And then dignity. Here is one definition. The quality of being noble or honorable in character or virtue or a sense of self-worth or pride in one's character or morality dignity. I mean, we all want to kind of have that dignity. And of course, this comes from the Bible. So it's this whole notion of being royal, being the daughter of a king, the only king. And so strength and dignity. So picture your situation. And there you are. And it's just the storm is raging all around you, all hell's broken loose. But yet you're standing there with strength. Strength. Remember the qualities necessary in dealing with difficult or distressing situations. There you are standing strong and with dignity or a sense of self-worth or pride in your character or morality. So you're standing there. I'm okay. I can do this. I know who I am and whose I am. And then I started thinking about this last part, right? Remember this goes, she is clothed in strength and dignity and laughs without fear of the future. And I thought, yeah, right. Real funny. Some of us, you know, are facing some pretty scary stuff. After my daughter was shot, I thought, oh, this is it. This is the worst it can get. This is the worst thing that can ever will happen in my life. Truly believe that. Especially after she asked me to pray with her in the middle of the night, one night in the hospital and I thought, this is it, she's done. Oh my gosh, buckle up girl, because it got a heck of a lot worse than that. And as it got worse, I couldn't even imagine this part of this proverb, laughing without fear of the future? Seriously? Well, I kind of was looking this up and thought, you know, what, what do some people think of this? And here, here's something to think about. That kind of means that we don't fear the unknown. Whoa. Okay. That's hard, isn't it? How do you not fear the unknown? And I think the biggest thing about the unknown and our fear of it is that we don't know how we will handle it. How in the H-E double toothpicks am I going to handle something if my worst fear happens? Well, my friend, for me, my worst fear did happen. In fact, I well, I don't know how it gets worse than my daughter being dead, but I think there's another element to it because she was murdered. Another element of some evil took her life. You know, like the drugs weren't evil enough that that could have killed her, but really somebody snuffed out her life. And when we heard the details of it in this preliminary hearing, it's just, it's shocking what people can do to each other. And for so such a little, small reason. And... So the point is the worst thing happened. I couldn't even even have imagined before walking through that whole addiction thing for 15 years. I thought that would destroy me, and it didn't. And so many details along the way and other difficulties while we were walking through that addiction. We had some of the biggest stressors that are on the list of the biggest stressors that people go through in their lives, in their marriages, we had a bunch of them going on all at the same time. But you know what? Here I am. And so I wasn't sitting around going, ha ha ha, oh, this is crazy. I can't wait for this awful thing in my future. Laughs without fear of the future. That just means being lighthearted because we're not afraid. And I think this is why I talk about courage so much. It's why it's at the center of everything I teach. And what I believe, because I believe even having faith in God takes courage. You know, we can't see, we don't get that email from him, which I still think godatheaven.com would be a fantastic idea. But apparently God's not on the super information super highway yet. <laughs> Actually, he's on the the quicker one, right? Which is right to your soul. But it's hard for us to hear sometimes. So even that gives us pause and makes us feel scared and uncertain. Whatever it is that has threatened your family, threatened the core of your people, maybe your family is extended beyond people who are related to you by by blood or marriage. Maybe it extends to this group of friendships that you have. Whatever it is that you consider this family, you are heartbeat, even if you aren't the heartbeat in every single of these types of groups you consider yourself a part of, your heartbeat matters. So we cannot wait. What happens is we're waiting for somebody else to change. We're waiting for a situation to resolve itself, something to get, you know, get over it. I waited for Jamie to get clean. I waited for 13 years for her to find her brain and put it back in her head, I told her. Cuz you know, I didn't understand addiction. I didn't know what was going on for the first few years. I didn't know what to do. And so I just kind of waited. And and I guilt-tripped her and tried to make her enforce her and I did all sorts of other things. I wore out my supermom cape. But you know what I've learned? And and by the way, when I pulled the emergency brake on the roller coaster from hell, I did it when she was still very, very lost in the belly of her beast. I just can't, had an epiphany, and I realized I didn't have control. I never lost hope, but I didn't have control. And I knew I was losing it. And I was, my family was going to fall apart if I didn't get it together. Because I was pretending and smiling, and a lot of my extended family didn't have a clue in fact, some of them read Still Standing After All the Tears, my first book, and and literally came to me and went, Wow, I had no idea you were going through that or feeling like that. You know, and a part of a part of me wanted to go really, you had no idea. My daughter was in addiction. She was putting heroin in her body. You had no idea. But really, you know, to to their defense, of course they had no idea. They hadn't experienced that. Thank God for them. Would never want them to have, have to have experienced that. And But anyway, the point is, is that no matter how you're acting on the outside, if you're dying on the inside, eventually it is going to affect everyone, right? Let's go back to that heartbeat analogy. You know, if your heart is dying, you know, one day you're going to end up in the ICU or, on, you know, or on a slab because you didn't even know it was kind of in there just lurking and, and waiting for that, that moment where it's had enough. And so we can only live in these states so long where we're just covered in fear and anxiety and anger and, and confusion We're we're cynical. We feel defeated and discouraged and insecure and insignificant. We're self-conscious. We're negative. We've Got self pity. We just feel weak and worried. You can only live in that state for so long and something's going to be affected. And it very easily could be you physically for sure, I know I've had physical ailments because of that, but also emotionally and the strength and the core of that family. And by the way, you know, I happen to be a believer and whatever you believe, you know, there's evil out there. And excuse me, I call it the beast. And, you know, Satan is the official title, but, you know, the big beast. And he's got all these minions running around and we've all got these beasts that we have to fight. He wants to keep you in this state because if he can destroy the family, I've said this for a very long time. If I'm the big beast and and all his little, you know, co-beasts, I mean, we're sitting around like we're having a meeting, you know, we're having a big symposium and we're going, well, you know, let's make our jobs easier, right? Everybody wants to work easier. Okay, what should we do? Hey, I got it. We don't have to worry about Country versus country and political parties, and we don't have to worry about any of that stuff if we can just destroy the family. That's what's at stake here. What will the family unit be if you let the heartbeat die? So, if you have somebody in your life, like I did with my daughter in addiction. And you need to temporarily let go or let go of control. It doesn't mean you stop loving, it doesn't mean you stop having hope. But other people, there's that fallout, you know, and it's and it's bad and it's big from whatever happens in your whatever your situation is, the fallout can be detrimental. It kind of reminds me of secondhand smoking. So when my husband Rich was young, his mom smoked. And he they finally found out that. Some of the family members were having secondhand smoke issues. Rich had asthma as a kid, and it was affecting him. His mom quit on a dime when she figured that out. But so here was the point. You know, people really didn't know back then how bad smoking was. It cracks me up because it reminds me of my my Nana quit smoking the day the Surgeon General came out with the warning. And, And I really wanted to go, really, Nana? Seriously? You didn't know that putting smoke in your lungs was not good for you? But in any case, they didn't really know as much. But even if you had, you'd go, okay, Emily, you know, this is not good for you. But people really weren't in tune to the secondhand effects of smoking. And it's that same thing. The secondhand effects of you falling apart, of your light going out, of your heartbeat dying. Sean said to me one time in the past few years, He said, I just wanted to tell you that I'm so very proud of you and so honored that you're my mom. God literally gifted you to me and I couldn't be more fortunate. Jamie would be so proud of you and everything you've done. You are truly amazing. And then he sent me this card for Mother's Day with some tulips. He said, you are literally the best person I know. Rock on. (laughs) Love, Sean. But the reason I tell you these, I'm giving you these little messages is that I know without question, had I not got it together? Had I not quit wanting everyone else to change in this situation and Jamie to get clean? And, and of course I wanted all that. That never stopped. But if I had not stopped waiting for all of that and decided to make me strong, me courageous, work on my heartbeat, my light, what I could do. If I hadn't done all of that, start really working on my faith and getting into agreement with God and getting out of agreement with my beast, I have no doubt that I probably would not have that relationship with Sean right now. That kid that wrote all that about me, he's the same kid that claims, Rich and I have a different memory, that he was grounded every year for like a month. Really, Sean, a month. Hey, That's what he said. Uh, He's for, for bad grades, by the way he is also the kid that went to live with his dad when he was a senior in high school because he didn't like our rules. We were too hard on him. He's the same kid that felt that Jamie got all the grace. He's the same kid that didn't want to hear the story of the prodigal son one more time, mom, don't want to hear it. That same kid wrote all of that, but I don't think any of those messages would have come through quite like that had I not got my act together and gotten stronger and changed and used my adversity and and figured out how to become better for all of it. I really think my family would have fallen apart and I have no doubt I would be divorced. I would be lonely, bitter, depressed, powerless, hopeless, grief-stricken, and so much more. It is up to us, ladies warriors. It is up to us to be role models. Women are powerful and we are needed. It doesn't mean that we are discounting men or are putting them on a lower level. That's not it, but we can rise up and be the best that we can be. That's the best we can do for the men in our lives, for the children, for everyone around us. You are the heartbeat of your family, groups, friendships, don't let your heartbeat die. Warrior woman, I am going to challenge you to stand up right now today and declare yourself a warrior in hope. Join me at warriorsandhope.com. I want you to declare all of this. This is all part of the process of becoming a warrior, by the way. So join us there at whatever level you want. Make a commitment if you really want to take it to another level, make a commitment to be in Phoenix in October for the freedom experience. It's time. We can't, we have no more time to wait or waste. Today's the only day you're guaranteed. So make today the day you become a warrior in hope and make sure that you keep your heartbeat strong.